Hey guys, hope you're having a great day. We were talking last time, actually the last couple of shows about some of the questions that come up. In particular, I shared some of the questions people often bring up about existing advisors and getting second opinions and how some of the different arrangements look. And so today I wanted to provide like an example from those that we've come across quite a bit. This ties into actually some of the families that we work with and their parents' advisor. I think a lot of you guys probably listening have parents that are pretty well off and maybe already work with advisors. And so especially as they start to age, a lot of times that's a, a big concern is like, I want to make sure like my parents are not like getting taken advantage of or something like that. So we have started to see this question come up a lot with the families that we work with. Their parents are getting older. And so they're starting to wonder that if whether or not their parents' advisor is taking advantage of. So I'm going to share an example and hopefully give you some ammo to, to kind of keep a lookout for your parents as well. I'll use like generic or anonymous information. And I'm kind of thinking about a specific case. But like I said, it happened. it's happened quite a few times where this has come up. I'll keep it general just to not reveal personal any personal information. But we'll call the uh, clients Josh and Mary. Josh's parents are getting older. And he's, like I was saying, he's, he's starting to get a little concerned about them. They work with an advisor. They've done really well. They have plenty of assets. The concern is not like whether or not they have enough. The concern is actually for him, at least, you know, whether or not they're getting taken advantage of. His mom, unfortunately, was not doing too well and passed away. Ended up that his dad also started to have some memory issues. And I mean, like not necessarily like full on dementia or, you know, complete, you know, loss of cognitive ability, but like just some kind of questionable whether or not he's able to manage his own affairs. They have come up and also he's now responsible for everything. And it's all got a little more complicated because his wife passed away recently. So they felt like it was probably worthwhile time to like take a look at all of his stuff. So his dad's stuff, they talked to us about it and we're like, okay, yeah, I mean, we for sure advocate that. And so here's some, so we gave them some pointers of stuff to ask for. So what we suggested was getting, you know, like a balance sheet, kind of a summary of all the assets and all the debts. This example, they didn't have any debts, so it was just all assets. So just start there. Like, let's just start there, get an a, a list of all the assets and kind of like what it actually is. We got that back and it was, so they had collectively, they had 15 million of assets. So quite a bit of assets. Like I was saying before, plenty to last their entire lifetime. And then some, they had 5 million of those assets were in like properties and stuff like that, illiquid stuff. And then 10 million of it was invested in like some retirement accounts and then some non-retirement accounts. So we saw that and we're like, okay, yeah, we probably ought to, it'd probably be a good idea to look at the, the 10 million a little closer just to see like where it's invested or how it's invested, what's going on with those. So they got together some, some information on the 10 million and how it was set up. So we got that report back and this is where we started up to this point. We're like pretty normal. Like they have plenty of assets, but like there's nothing concerning. We got the information on the investments themselves. And this is where the first red flags started to pop up. So 
first red flag, we see, okay, well, they have some IRAs, which is pretty normal. But one of the IRAs has a ton of cash in it, like $2 million in cash. That's a huge amount of cash um, for, especially for an IRA, because most of the time you're not taking out huge amounts out of IRAs. Like cash, you, you typically hold cash when you need it liquid, like you need to get to. So it's extremely rare that somebody needs to take out that high of an amount from an IRA. And even if you did, that's going to trigger a ton of tax. And it's probably not a good move. So that was like a red flag. It's like, why in the world is there that much, like multiple millions of cash in an IRA? That's weird. And then on top of that, like even worse is that big pool of cash, like, you know, a couple million, roughly maybe two or three million. It was a lot. It was over two million was in like the brokerage generic cash account. They call it a sweep account, but it's like basically like no interest or very, very low interest cash bearing account. So it's in a, it's in a basically 0% interest cash account inside an IRA. And that's, that's pretty terrible. I could, I guess there could be some circumstance reason for holding that much cash. So, you know, there's a possibility that there's some reasoning behind that, but I can't come up with any reason for having it be in that low interest bearing option. It's just like throwing away money. And then on top of that, like if that wasn't bad enough, on top of all that, they're paying advisory fees on the cash balance that's terrible. It's like terrible, inefficient investment. It's not even an investment. It's just cash. But like they're paying someone a percentage-based fee on that balance to basically like do nothing. That's a huge deal. That alone. So on top of all that, like that's bad, but on top of all that, the remainder, so like call it like seven or eight million of remaining assets was invested pretty high expense in, into pretty high expense mutual funds and had decently high, especially for $10 million or, you know, total of 10, I guess, $10 million had pretty high percentage of advisory fees. So at least in my view or in my opinion. So the the advisory fee, like the average for the collective. So I already mentioned like they're charging on the $2 million, two or so million dollars cash. They're they're also charging on the rest of it. So basically they're charging on the entire $10 million. million. And that's, it's like 1.25% is the the average uh, across all of it. So that's that's like 125,000 a year of advisor fees. And that doesn't even count the high expense mutual funds. That's too much. Like they're not, we don't know a ton about, like they, these are parents of clients. So we typically don't know a ton about their circumstances. Like they're going to have their own circumstances and planning considerations. But like, it's not going to take, it's not a $125,000 a year type situation. Like they're just kind of like millionaire next door such a situation. That's super high for fees in my opinion and should be, could be way less. Add that to the cash inefficiencies that I've, I've already talked about. Like that's an, an even bigger cost. So if you have $2 million and it's, it should be like in today's world, at least earning 5% and it's earning nothing. So that's like $100,000 a year on top of the advisory fees of like waste. And really I would argue that it should be invested probably. I'm not going to go into the opportunity cost of not investing, but that's additional percentages on top of what I just talked about. Like, I guess the icing on the cake. No, that's, it's not icing. This is like 
garbage, I guess. The worst of all, adding insult to injury, there was like a pool of the investments that were in super high expense annuities. So like probably these are really complicated products and very difficult to, we didn't even take the time to dig into the details because we knew it was like overall, like there's a ton of red flags, like they need to change advisors. Anyway, it was probably average like 3% a year expenses on like probably a little under a million. So we'll say a million of assets. So that's like an extra 30,000 a year of like just kind of extra expenses that are built into it. So we're talking, so all in, we're talking multiple hundreds of thousands of like extra expenses and inefficiencies that are happening for like just a couple, like a relatively normal couple that's done pretty well. I mean, like they have quite a bit of assets, but it's not like, I don't think they're like ultra unique or, you know, mega wealth. That's probably on the high end for physician families. Like that's probably on the mid to high end of where you would end up in today's world if you had saved what you needed to save. So it's not like a, that's not an insanely high number for a physician family to get to when they're like in your peak wealth years, like say like right around the time when you're retiring or maybe even later in retirement, if you have more than enough. So it's not an insanely high number and they're, there's just multiple hundreds of thousands a year of, of inefficiencies. We suggested to the client, we're like, you know, they for sure have to need to get like, we would suggest to you to have them get second opinions, you know, get, get a second set of eyes on this or, you know, a formal second opinion, like from another advisor. So takeaway there, like the moral of the story is like, don't trust advisors. I mean, there's good guys and bad guys. That's how it is in any profession. You got to look out for your parents, especially if they start to, have some cognitive decline or as health issues come up, you want to, if you have that relationship with them where you can kind of get a, keep, take a look at it. Like it's worthwhile to take a look at it. I gave some, I gave the example today. Those are common things to look out for. Like look out for super high expense products, look out for high expenses, advisory expenses or high expenses on the investments. Look out for stuff that's like ultra complicated like if it's ultra complicated, that's typically, you know, it's not always a problem. It can be a problem. Look out for like really high cash balances. Like the, those are all like classic warning signs and would be worth digging in a little deep. Also, if you have questions or scenarios, I like talking about scenarios or questions. So I'm happy to poke holes in scenarios or questions that you have. We'd love to do that in another show. As always, good catching up. We'll talk next time. Please know that anything I've said today in this podcast should not be considered advice. It is completely for educational and entertainment purposes only. It would be best to view me as just another guy talking about money on the internet. For advice, please consult your advisors. If you don't happen to have a financial advisor already, I happen to know a firm that's absolutely fantastic. It's actually the firm I started and currently run now, Ren Financial Planning. And we would love to get to know you better and see if we might be able to help. Feel free to reach out anytime to schedule an introductory meeting. You can find more info about us at www.renfinancial.com.